0: You know they say if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all.
1: If you can't say something nice, don't say nothing at all. Nothing nice to, to say, but I'll go nice. I, I ain't, got like ah, ain't got nothing. I ain't got nothing. I ain't nice like to say. I ain't got nothing nice like to say at all, all. I ain't got nothing. I ain't got nothing. I ain't got to say. I ain't got nothing nice to say so I won't say
0: nothing at all. <laughs> Whoa, welcome to the Best Friend Weekend Podcast. It's your man, Aldo Nice. And this is another one of the series of Nothing Nice to Say interviews. I appreciate you guys coming. Today, I got um one of my homeboys, somebody who's very interesting and influential in the entertainment industry on the, um, on the pod today. So I'm going to let my man introduce himself. What's up, what's up, people? My name's Dominic Young out of Washington, D.C., and um,
1: Dominique is the um, or is Dominique Dominique? Dominique, do, do Dominique. you, feel a, do you feel a
0: way about that,
1: man? Yeah, man, that, that <laughs> QUE just don't rock with me. That's really girly. <laughs> It's with a C, <laughs> not a Q-U-E. you know what I'm saying? Okay, Thirty
0: six do- years in, but people still I, can't get that shit right, bro. I mean, you know, I, I, Dominique Wilkins was like the most the most influential Dominique ever. So I mean, I feel like you know you might have wanted to be like him, but Dominique, yeah, 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 that'll work. I almost didn't have you on the um, on the podcast today because I pulled up your social media account, loyal bros, um, and what I noticed was you got. 999 followers and I don't really rock with people less than a thousand <laughs> hey, listen, hey listen hey, listen, listen all my, all my followers is
1: authentic so you know what I noticed Joe I post something and my followers would go up like an extra 10-15 in like 24 hours and I wake up the next day and them Jones be done dropped again so that's, that's the way the that's them ghost followers be. you need the, yeah, you need the real ones huh? I, I, don't, I don't rock with the <laughs> fake joint I like authenticity man so if you rock with me you rock with me if you don't
0: you don't you know that's a per- position to be in at 999 followers, though. I mean, you know. Hey, listen. Hey, listen. I'll buy, buy one. I'd buy one. I'll <laughs> buy one for you. <laughs> hey, go ahead. Bro. How much you putting down, bro? Come on, Jack. Yeah. I'll on. buy you one to get you over the hump, man. But nah, Yo. it is what it is. Man, look. So I said something about you being influential in different things. Let's start right there, man. Tell us about Loyal Bros, man. The Loyal Brothers, man, and, and your company. Describe it for me. That Your film... A media production firm Let us know a little bit Of something about it
1: Man man uh, Alright so I mean Lawyer Brothers Company Was a, a a vision That I had Back in 2004 Bruh And um The vision came I was in I was in Israel Um In May of 2004 Visiting my wife She's from Israel Okay And so we was up there Oh you was Foreign up- uh, man, you know, man, I, you know, I like to test the waters, you know what I'm saying? Okay, nah, i
0: with you. Go ahead, go ahead,
1: go ahead. All right, but you know, I was out in Israel, bro, and then I just had this little idea for a movie while I was out there. Not to get biblical or spiritual, but you know what I'm saying? I just had this idea about, I think, Troy was probably, one of the movies was out back then when I was uh, in Israel, and I was like, damn, bro, they don't make no black movies on the Braveheart level, the Troy level, the uh, any of them joints you could think of, even like now, like the Sparta gets and all them joints, they don't make nothing for black people on that level. And I had the idea to write a story, and um, so I came back home and I wrote a book that I, I never even put it out. I just wrote this book called Age of the Brothers, and so hmm. I and I and I was visioning it. it the concept is like Shaka Zulu meets Three Hundred, and so um, I wrote the book. And from there, I was like, yo, I want to turn the book into a screenplay. And so I did that. And then from there, I just started writing like wholeheartedly full time. And I've been sitting on that book and script. Cause one, I, I honestly, I never felt like society was ready for the concept. So that's one of the main reasons why I never put it out. But then. I was like, "It's going to take me a budget of like two hundred thousand or something to really make this joint." So let me just sit on it until I got my weight up and ready. You know what I'm saying to really put that joint out. But nevertheless, since then, once I had that idea, I just started rocking all the way through with my writing career, and that's where Louis Brothers got the jump. Um, If you want to know where the name came from, is um, I'm the oldest of nine. You know what what I'm saying? I got five younger brothers and three sisters. And so um, my whole idea was that I want to build something that I could I could rock with my brothers on. You know what gotcha. I'm saying? I could bring them in, guide them, and they could learn some business. We could just create a full circle entity where we doing different, um, you know, avenues of creating money, construction, restaurants, whatever they want to do, along with what I wanted to
0: do. But it was about be- you know being loyal. You know what I'm saying? So. I noticed, I noticed that a lot with um, with black business, that it seems like we want to connect a lot of different things and kind of help everybody to eat. And mm-hmm. I think that's just that's that sense of community, that mm-hmm. sense of blackness that we just all kind of inherently have, that we want to bring the next man up. Right. I mean, you know, certain people um, have a crab in a barrel mentality, but I feel like for the most part, as a people... We, we do a good job of trying to reach back. Yeah, trying. And bring your brother along. You know trying, what I mean? bro. So, who would you say are all members of Loyal Brothers? Man, right
1: now, honestly, to be honest, it's me and my sons. Okay. Because, uh, Even though I tried to do something for my brothers, not everybody got the work ethic that you got. And you know what I'm saying? It's not even always about the vision because not everybody's going to be a boss. There's always going to be a few bosses, but most people, for the most part, going to be workers. And you still, if you're going to be a worker, you still got to have work ethic. You know what I'm saying? And and, in creating Loyal Brothers, you know... I found that they just didn't have the work ethic or what it was going to take to pull a weight and being a part of this. So <laughs> now that I got three sons of my own, I got them on set with me. You probably saw a couple of yeah, photos on definitely. the gram and them holding the reflectors and helping to set up. That's This is me now building that legacy because now Loyal Brothers has changed from me just trying to get some money or creating stories to me building a legacy. And I got my sons on set learning work ethic and learning what it's going to take to uh, inherit
0: something that's valuable. You feel me? Well, I was definitely going to touch on that. I see that you all, all, always use the hashtag Young Dynasty. Mm-hmm. Um, and, mm-hmm. and I see it mostly when you're referring, when you're doing things with your sons. So, right. I mean, is that kind of the, the thought pattern behind that? That is definitely the thought pattern behind that, you know? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Get, having yeah. having something good for the, for the next generation. I'm all about that. Um, Absolutely. So... I'm, in doing some research and reading up on you guys online, I mean, I, I want you to expound a little bit more upon what kind of film and media production things you've you've done. But um, it talks about y'all practices the creative development of ideas and concepts mm-hmm. that stand out from the medium of today's video content and production. Mm-hmm. How do you think the work you do stands out? Um, I think the the biggest thing for me of
1: what makes me stand out is the fact that um. One, uh, just to give you a little bit of background, how I even got into the video side of things. Because, first of all, I, yeah. I came in the we, game. You were
0: talking about writing, yeah. but you're doing videos yeah. through video production yeah. as well.
1: So, I came in the game, you know, I started out writing scripts. And one day I just created my little uh, Twitter back. And then back in 2010, it was this director, shout out to Alex Nazari out of LA. He just saw my bio on Twitter. And he just DM me and was like, yo, I see you're a writer. You want to, you ever did some videos? I was like, nah, but I tried. You know what I'm saying? And so with that being said, he sent me a couple of songs and, um, I was started writing treatments to it. Now, because I come from the movie side of things, I was writing storylines to these songs. You know what I'm saying? The, The average music video right now is only focused on three elements. Money, women, and cars. Okay. You know what I'm saying? You could throw drugs in there, but at the end of the day, drugs isn't what they're trying to do. I, like I like guns in my videos, guns.
0: but that's what I mean. <laughs> but, blah, blah. That's what, but I, exactly. that's what I'm about. So, okay. <laughs> you look at
1: almost all videos, it's the same thing. Money, women, women and, cars. and cars. Gotcha. For me- I was I'm coming from writing storylines, so I'm gonna write a story for every single song I you know what I'm saying that come across my table. I win some, I lose some. It depends on what the <laughs> label execs, you know what I'm saying, wanna put out there for their artists at that time. So, so you know,
0: so you'll you'll be turning in different treatments, and yeah, they could either
1: pick it up or they not. They gonna pick it up or they not. Okay, you know that's what I'm so. saying. And so what you gotta understand, which most people don't know. You got independent artists and you got major label artists. And when you're dealing with major label artists, nine times out of 10, you're not dealing with the artists. You're dealing okay. with the label. Gotcha. Atlantic Records, Warner, Columbia, whoever they're assigned to, they have video commissioners. And they're the ones who's going to review whatever treatments are sent in. So treatments
0: are kind of like a bidding war. Everybody mm. gets the song. Do Every- you have to... Okay, so I'm going to ask you that. Mm-hmm. Do you have to send in like a um a, a, a estimate? Like, I mean... Or is it a flat mm. fee that they would pay anyone for the same treatment? Or is it like you yes. sending your treatment with a number like this, how much it would cost for mine? Nah, so what they do is when they send out the song, they tell you what
1: the budget is for this video. Gotcha. And it's your job to come up with a concept that's going to fit within that budget. Gotcha. Whatever you come up with, you better be able to make it happen within this budget. You feel me? Yeah. And so... Yeah, that um, makes sense. So with that being said, that's where the process starts. Now... It's also still a game where sometimes there's certain directors that you see names pop up all the time. They've built a relationship with that video commissioner. And Got so you. no matter how many treatments they get, they already know which director they're going to go with anyway. So
0: yeah. that's. So you're that. working with the director and you give mm-hmm. the treatment to your director and then y'all mm-hmm. kind of a team together doing it. Absolutely, um, that, yep. the Alex Nazari guy is that the same? Um, without Alex Acosta? That's the same guy?
1: No, that's two. So it's two different two different Alex's dudes. Co- okay,
0: coincidentally,
1: okay, Alex Nazari out of L. A. is okay. Armenian. He's just okay. a random guy. I met boom, he he hit me. He's not up random, he not random. He's
0: seen fam right now, bro. bro he
1: definitely fam because he put me on. You know what, you. what I'm saying? All my first five, six, seven videos came through him. The two chains, the Ray Jays, the. Uh, Travis Porter's all so you, you I'm did, just, you
0: wrote the script for I'm riding around and I'm getting
1: it. Yeah, man. Okay. Yeah, man. That's my hey, gen- yo. My that's girl the yo. Gen-
0: no stomach <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <yo>, my <laughs> girl, ain't not stomach Hey, okay. listen.
1: Okay. Yo, that was my like the biggest hit at the time for me. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. That's how you get t- it. Hell yeah, bro. So with that being said, now you got the side where you're dealing directly with the artists. You, mm-hmm. Most, nine times out of ten, those are street dudes. You know what I'm saying? Or they got street money. That's like indie. That's the indie That's the indie game. So with that, it's a much more easier bid. You're not even really competing at that point. You just, just got to. You give them the number. You got to sell them on your concept, though. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And Even with that, you might have noticed with some of my treatments and stuff. There's always a storyline. A lot of the videos I put out is
0: always pretty much a storyline. Can I call bullshit? Because I did watch some of those videos. <coughs> which some one? Of them, some of which the negroes one? just standing in, in, a, in a circle. Which one? Yeah. Which hey one? the me, which last one? one you did. The dude with the with the go with the chain. I mean, with the watch. He, uh, oh, him, oh, you, know why, you know what? Stop gonna, it, man.
1: It was about nah, two and a half know, minutes of flossing in a circle. All right, so I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you what's a name. What's the his name? Though. Shout out, man. Uh, Bobby OG Mac. OG Okay, Mac, there you right? go. All right, so you gotta understand that the only difference with that is sometimes the budget ain't always good to deliver. <laughs> A storyline, so we gotta give you some quote unquote abstract. We got just you. gonna change up the light. We gonna throw a proper prop here, prop here. We gonna switch the chick one two one two, and then we gonna keep it moving. Same chick. Listen,
0: we gonna keep. The, we gonna use the same chick three times. We just gonna yeah. change the hair and clothes. Hey, listen, and those the joints you just doing for the check? Check. You know what yeah, I'm well, saying? Yeah, I got you. I mean, you know. But you're still giving them a quality product. Those videos still are on par with any other videos that are out there. And the the lighting, the effects is like, like... Just like that. Yeah, yeah, Just so, like that. So I can't, I can't talk down on it. So who's the Alex Acosta dude? He's not so the guy from I, L.A. No,
1: nah, no. Nah. So Alex Acosta is my, my right-hand man, partner, Ace Boone Coon, last five years. Okay, He lives here down in D.C., DC but he's out of Bronx. He out of the Bronx, New York, okay. born and raised. So he had New York nigga to the heart. And you know what I'm saying? Sometimes you got to deal with that New York attitude. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but that's my man. So um, we linked up a couple years back, Um, video well, of course, you know what I'm saying? Uh, let me do a little bit rewind. The directors don't like to write. So mm-hmm. that's why I'm always in
0: demand. So, so my- explains to, to the person out there who knows nothing about the game. And when right. you see something and like you'll see a video or you'll see a movie and it says executive producer, it says director, mm-hmm. it says written mm-hmm. by. Yeah. These are all yeah. different things, right? right? Right, right. So is producer kinda encompasses all of that? Producer is kind of like project
1: manager. Gotcha. Their job is to make sure everything gets put together in the way it was written, make sure we stay on budget, locations, schedules, gotcha. project manager. Okay. That's all a producer really is. So how about director? So the director is the guy who's on set and he's telling everybody how what he wants from the cameraman to the lighting guy to the the model in front of the camera to the artist it's his job even though he read the treatment and he see it it's his job to say yay or nay this lightning ain't working this is let's rock out with it let's rock rock with this director it's always gonna be in the limelight they always gonna get the biggest amount of credit and, you know, it is what it is, you know what I'm saying? That's the Ryan
0: Cooglers of the world.
1: Exactly, exactly. Okay. But I always, you know, When I
0: think director, I think like somebody sitting on a little um, on a little high chair with the chair moving and they holding the camera and they pointing yeah. and doing nah, stuff. No, the, no, that's no, I'm the sorry, cinema. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They standing behind that guy pointing mm-hmm. and saying, no, no, get the camera. I need the angle right. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah, pretty much. That's supposedly what they supposed to do.
1: (laughs) But you know what I'm saying? Directors on on some levels get a little too much credit, in my opinion. You know what I'm saying? Spoken like a true writer. But no, I'm going to say that for two (laughs) examples. Creed 2. I didn't watch it yet. came out. Don't do it. You ain't seen it yet. All right. I'm going to even say Ryan Coogler. I'm going to even kill you. Ryan Coogler, Black Panther. That was my man's third film. And I am not. I rock with Ryan Coogler. I rock with all his movies. it was his third film. He get... $200 million on his third film. He's never done green screen on this level, bruh. He's never had that deal with the pressure on this level. How did he achieve so much success on so quickly on the third film? It's the team around him. Well, that's But you said, like, if you're picking a good team... You got to have a good team. And that's what makes it dope. You know what I'm saying? But see, it also rocks out with the whole Tracy uh, Morgan situation where, where he had the t- Tiffany Haddish beef a couple months back and they was yeah. mad at him talking about he was shitting on Tiffany Haddish. He was like, nah, you got to give credit to the whole team. You can't yeah. just point out one person. You know what I mean? Enough. But that's how it is. I don't care. I don't like the spotlight. That's me personally. I like being behind the scenes. I don't want niggas knowing my face. I don't want you to see who I am. You know okay. what I'm saying? Just give me my check. Let me go home to my peoples. You feel I me? like
0: I like people to know who I am. I'm kinda like <laughs> a big deal. My <laughs> hey, nigga. listen. But, but you know, like spoken I I'm just gonna say it like this. With what you do and what we do with the Best Friend Weekend brand, it's a team or it's a team behind the brand. Mm-hmm. It's always exactly. a team. I don't I'm not always out there shouting out, man, this is what Rumble do, this is what the uncle do, this is what mm-hmm. Raj or Lowe's do. It, it's not always, mm-hmm. but it's always kind of a collective of ideas. So I know that that happens in different industries. So yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's cool to see, you know what I'm saying, that you got your, your team together and it's, it's cool. But let me yeah. let me take a step back because we're talking about that and i definitely going to come back to the projects that you got in the works. We're going to talk about a couple of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, not too many, like I, I was talking to somebody recently. And they said, man, you're starting to do these nothing nice to say interviews. And I did the one with the Black Coffee Company a couple of weeks ago. And um, they were like, you keep going. Like, who are you going to interview? And I was like, I want to interview influential people, people who are doing good things, people who have interesting stories to tell. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was like, what's funny is that it comes back to a lot of these people went to school with me. And it's weird because I think in the Black community, it's like, that's a a melting pot of, of intellectuals and people who are going somewhere. So Mm -hmm. why wouldn't my collective of people that I call upon be a lot of people that I went to school with? It's not gonna Mm -hmm. all be people I went to school with, but a lot Mm -hmm. of people are because I think that it was such a diverse group of people from different places that I was able to get different cultures. Bruh, I wouldn't have known nothing about Go Go music if it wasn't for you. So right. um, yeah, I I I know <laughs> obviously I know Dominic from college. Um, and I realized recently, that was like 17 years ago that we we were in college. And yeah, um bruh. but I think we hung out once you came to Houston for All-Star once, right? Yeah, yeah, once, so, once yeah. That might have been the last time we really hung out like that. But um, but yeah, Xavier, Xavier, um, Xavier guy with me, we started our freshman year. My question is, and I mean, I know this is we hopping right into. it. You only went to Xavier for uh, what two semesters or one semester? Was you there for a... full for, for freshman year, the whole freshman year? Yeah. Freshman year, man. What mm-hmm. what made you leave school, man? What were some of the factors that made you not not be back at Xavier?
1: Man, I mean, it was a twofold decision. You know what I'm saying? And um, one, the the biggest one was uh, you probably remember. I grew up a Hebrew Israelite, so it was kind of um. It's a community, you know what I'm saying? So, sort of similar to the Nation of Islam type of spiel. You got hierarchies of leadership and everything. And um, when I came back home, first of all, I wasn't even supposed to go to college. Mm. They, um, Me growing up in that community, fresh out of high school, they was trying to send me to Africa. For okay. what? With no light, with no real plan, they was just trying to sh- ship me to Africa. And um, I had already applied to and got accepted to a bunch of colleges on what? my own.
0: You you uh, go uh, to Africa and you stop fucking with weed? Okay, no, go ahead. Yeah, yo, here you okay. go. go so,
1: like, literally, bruh. One day, man, I, I had my jobs and all that. I packed up my bags and just left home. Like, didn't tell my mom I was leaving. I didn't tell nobody I w- I was leaving. I packed up my bag, got in the cab, went to the airport, and fucking flew to the N O. And <laughs> I ain't talked to my I didn't talk to my mother for a a week. She ain't know nobody knew where I was at bruh. I just left. Because I was like, man, I always wanted to go to college. I wanted to go to law school. I knew what I wanted to do in my life, but I had these people around me telling me what I needed to do in my life. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? And so with that, they was going to ship me to Africa just with no real plan, life plan and life goals or nothing. So that's how I ended up in the N.O. But when I got down there... Um, I, of course, got my financial aid and stuff like that, but it wasn't much of nothing, you know what I'm saying? It was enough to get me through the semester. I mean, through the full, full year, you know what yeah. I'm saying? So with that being said, um, I come back home. Trying to get back acclimated with my family, but the, of course, the community got a lot of power and influence over my family. So I, I wasn't even allowed to see my brothers and sisters. Like when I came home for Christmas break, even when I came home for the summer, I wasn't able to see them for a, a while. So it's kind of like a negotiation spell where, in order for me to see my family, I gotta now, and I'm gonna go back to college. I gotta study what they tell me to study. Mm. So I was studying political science at Xavier. You know what I'm saying? And then when I came back home, I transferred to Howard. And then that got changed to civil engineering. Again, because they're looking at, oh, you gonna going we want you to go study civil engineering because we're gonna send you to Africa to build yeah. some cities and stuff like that. <laughs> so I right, cool, I'ma rock with it. You know what I'm saying? If this is what it's gonna take to see my family. I mean, it's a it's a lot, it's a lot. My man, my life yeah. is crazy to, to a certain extent. It's a lot of stuff that, you know what I'm saying, you just don't know. But nevertheless, I ended up studying that at Howard. And um that was the biggest reason why I didn't come back to Xavier. That was the main, main reason. Yeah, was okay. that what I just broke down to
0: you. I thought that you didn't come back to Xavier because you were scared of that ass whipping that Big Q was gonna get oh, you for, stealing, you go. for you go. stealing his calling card. <laughs> hey, listen, hey, listen. You listen. know what's funny? It, <laughs> it's it's a sign of the times of how old we are that boys had beef for a while over a calling card, man. But no, nah, you
1: know what? You know what? It was a, like I always say, man, nah, that shit was well deserved. <laughs> But that, this is me listening. Like, this is me breaking down to you guys. Listen to what I just said. I to heard you. I, can, I came to Xavier with mm-hmm. nothing, bruh. Yeah, like, so right. I had no money for a fucking calling card. Call. So you're right. My man Q... Shout out to my man Q. He let me use his calling card one day to call my people. I was calling my brothers and I memorized his fucking calling card number. And I was using that, yeah. And I know that that nigga saw me on the phone one day. He ran upstairs to try to use his shit. Then he came back downstairs. He was like, yo, you get off my calling card. I was like, yo, I ain't on your calling card. I knew I was on this shit, yeah. But so. I, I apologized to him back then. Houston situation, bro. bro. Oh. I mean, I was a I was a hustling type nigga. Like I was a do whatever I got to do by any means. Hey, type nigga. No. It, but and so, but you fuck over some yeah, people along my So, I, so I, Man,
0: you know I was with you. I was with you and still in Jordan. So I. I under- <laughs> oh yo, <Man. laughs> that's his, that's my number one stuff? Hey, listen, that's my shit.
1: Like that's my claim to fame right there. I walked out of big Lots with a pair of jeans oh, was- in my sweats, <laughs> yo. Yep.
0: Hey, listen, them joints last me a couple years, bro. No, I mean, I'm laughing because it's a lot of things, man. Those kids out there who might be listening to this young at a younger age, is like, what the hell is a calling card? So before everybody had a cell phone, it was right at that moment when cell phones were about to be that everyone had a cell phone. We had calling cards, man. And it was a number. You would type that in. You'd pay for it. And it was prepaid minutes. And you would be on a regular landline. And you could call long distance. And yeah. um, so Q was in Houston. So he was calling back home. And I guess he let you use that call. He let the wrong nigga use it. <laughs> <calling laughs> Hey, listen, man,
1: if my, my man Q ever needs some minutes, I got you, bro. We up now. <laughs> Q,
0: Yo, I owe hey, you. hold up. Q might not need no minutes, but you might need to get Q on that. You know Q graduated in uh, communications from Texas Southern, and he was shooting videos and stuff when he was a senior in college, man. That's what he used to do. He used to shoot wedding videos and everything, man. So what you should be doing is letting that boy be a loyal brother. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> hey, listen. This is always a seat at the table for there my There you man, go, man. Cute, that's, that's what I hear. Okay, so let me ask you this. So when you left there, did you finish at um, at Howard or did you just... Or did you start... Because nah, nah, you said nah. 4 is when you started really kind of getting into the loyal brothers thing, right? Yeah, so
1: I, I, I finished and um, actually I ended up, you know, still... I, I went into the construction industry. I'm gotcha. actually still in it, but... What I was doing was I, I was I was working um, on construction sites, man, in the dirty ass trailers and bruh. I mean, it's good money, bruh. You look you look going through these blueprints and plans and stuff, but construction sites ain't for me, man. You wear yeah. boots all fucking day, you dirty, dirty ass niggas coming in and out the trailer all day, bruh. It wasn't <laughs> even for me, so yeah. I mean, and I still use it to this day, and that's something we could get into a little bit later because I have another business that yeah. I make. You know, what I'm saying I make money on on the side that I learned about being in the construction industry. But nevertheless, yeah, I use it. But again, like I just broke. I study civil engineering because somebody else told me to. That wasn't Mm -hmm. even where my heart was at. So it's like you doing something you don't even like. You studying something you don't even hate. And this is a lesson that I give everybody now. You know what I'm saying? Follow your heart. Follow your passion. Study and and do what you want to do. Don't do some shit because your parents told you to do some shit and somebody else told you you should do this do that, bro. It's your life. But, and in two thousand four, when I started this, I realized this was my true passion bro and i and i've been and i stuck with it ever since it took me all over the u s fully
0: paid trips and all this shit, you know what I'm saying. So I know so, a lot of people I know a lot of people with, a, uh, with money so okay just an aside so when mm-hmm. you put in your budget for um a video budget that's part of the budget too? Your travel to the to the yeah. on site location? Okay. And that
1: includes that covers the flights the the Airbnb or hotel because I remember you were, of, you were hitting me
0: up you were hitting me up recently like you had wanted to do a video it might not be really recently it might be yeah, two yeah, years yeah, ago yeah. you were trying to yeah. do a video in the Houston area and you were looking yeah. for cars out here uh-huh. rental cars or whatever yeah, if I yeah, kind of yeah, knew yeah. the game and what you was kind of up to I think I would have put a little bit better effort in to it next time I got nah, you. Nah, man. I Wait. mean, that nigga
1: never came through with the budget, so that's why, yeah, it happened. That's you why know, he never hollered at me. Yeah, you, you better come through with the budget, man. But nevertheless,
0: might have been an indie <laughs> artist.
1: <honest. laughs> nah, we did a joint with him before, though. He put out oh. 10 bands for a video we did in Miami, so you okay. know what I'm saying? It ain't like, you know, but shit, the well runs dry sometimes. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, um, yeah it pays for all your room board all expenses, you know what I'm saying, on top of the budget, plus your food and all that, and you still get your check at the end of the day on top of that, you know,
0: so what I'm thinking is with um a lot of people that we know, like a lot of guys that I know, a lot of people you know um' they got businesses, everybody's got a business, everybody's yeah. like, man, I'm starting this business, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. um you said o four, and I know that it might not be the business that you that it is today um it wasn't that in' four. And Mm -hmm. you were talking a little bit about how you had an opportunity to work with a lot of artists. And we're going to talk about that later. You said Mm 2 Chains was an example um, earlier. Um, Mm -hmm. Do you, and riding around, I'm getting it was at least, I don't know what, at least eight years ago or so. Yeah, Uh, yeah. Yeah, 2012, I think. Okay, so six years ago, right? Yeah. So I'm just saying, you've been doing your business for a long time. Do you feel like Mm -hmm. you got a big head start? Not necessarily head start, but do you feel like you're more accomplished and kind of like, your roots are down to where your business is already its thing, or do you feel like it's really still growing and progressing and and, and evolving?
1: It's absolutely still growing and, and progressing and, and evolving. And why I say that is because um, I right, them first four five six videos I did, bro, I ain't get paid. Mm. I did a lot of stuff for free, but it built my resume up to where now, like. I demand I gotta get paid before I even pick up a pen and a pad. Like Absolutely. you need to you drop a deposit now. Like you see my resume, I don't need it. You know what <laughs> I'm saying? So um I'm still growing because a lot of all the funds now I make in this video game, I use that to fund my series. And so videos ain't even wasn't even in my foresight or for I really want to be out of the video game. I'm getting into the film game, but I'm using that to fund everything else. So I'm definitely still growing and I ain't nowhere where se- I'm going. Were you self-taught with how to do the video? One- I'm 100% self-taught, bro. I never went to school, never went to and he took any courses, college courses, nothing. I picked up um, scripts, downloaded scripts, PDFs, read them. You know what I'm saying? I got hands on other people's treatments. I'm all self, 100% self-taught
0: in this film industry. So do you have any kind mm-hmm. of um, inspirations like other, other? and I'm not talking about, I'm just kind of talking about thinking about the, your treatments. Do you have any mm-hmm. other people who you like it, look at and say, I love the way they do things? Do you have any people like that? I mean, from a
1: writing standpoint, I mean, it's so many people that write. I can't say I have major inspirations from people that that write because okay. my I feel like a lot of my storylines are original. Yeah, um, I don't look at you know, oh, I like what they wrote. I'm gonna do something like that. Now, from a producer side of the game. Will Packer is my number one inspiration. Gotcha. Like my man came in the game and he crushed it. You know what I'm saying? The difference between me and Will Packer is I write. He don't. So yeah. he produced movies and scripts and everything. He find them. But I'm writing everything I want to produce. And writing everything I'm going to produce. You feel me? Yeah. Like my vault is full. So that's I, but he is definitely who I model myself after from a producer standpoint.
0: I think that there's an interesting juxtaposition here. And I think about this before. Um, I don't know if you recall, because like you said, you were only in, uh, we went to school together for only a year, so you don't necessarily know probably how I progressed in that way to where I was like the go-to rapper on our um, university, <laughs> man. I, 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 I had bars, trust me. I probably still got them somewhere. But my thought was, there's always kind of like the two lanes of you could be the producer or you could be the artist. Right. And I think that it, had I known now, what i had I known then what I know now,,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I definitely would have probably um went the direction of being on the other side, if not mm-hmm. producing my own um my own like my own tracks or whatever something mm-hmm. something in that thing, because I feel mm-hmm. like this. I feel like the artists are always the ones who are responsible for coming up with the bag mm-hmm. to do their art, mm-hmm. and the producers, the people who make the music, the people who make the videos, the people who write the treatments, mm-hmm. are the ones who get paid off mm-hmm. of hip-hop i feel right. like you're in the position to get paid off of hip-hop where the artist is never in the position to get paid unless they're that one in a thousand who who's actually making some money
1: man i think um it depends on your team like going back to your team around you bro as an artist you gotta have that team around you that got your best interest at heart you feel what i'm saying and i feel like you know, if you if you don't have that team around you that's going to have your best interests at heart, then you have to have your own best interests at heart. The the key point of me stepping up to being a producer was never even part of the plan. I'm like, I'm just going to write these movies, I'm gonna get them out. But I'm in DC. I'm all the way mm-hmm. on the other side of the uh, uh the, the the country from LA, where everything is yeah. really popping or Atlanta. So damn. If I wanna get my scripts out here, I gotta put this producer hat on and produce my scripts. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Unless I'm gonna to move to you know what I'm saying LA or somewhere else. And even if you move there, you still gotta struggle and fight with a, a thousand other niggas trying to do the same you should, thing you doing. You in should that move city.
0: you actually should move to Africa and build some communities. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen shoot here you some, go with that shoot, game. Shoot, yeah. shoot, some,
1: shoot some Nigerian videos, hey, man, listen. with Wiz <laughs> Hey, hey, listen, Nollywood is the number hey, one film industry hey, right now rushing the game. Maybe your people was on to something. Hey, listen, I'm trying to get that Akon connect. You know what I'm saying? Put me on to that light game. Bring me some clean water when you go. But no, uh,
0: no, I I get your point. I get your point. Uh, a, A term that I see you also bring up that you throw around a lot is conscious thinkers. What does that mean to you?
1: I mean, it's being a conscious thinker is that, you know, again, going back to my... I don't knock my roots 100%. You know what I'm saying? Like, I grew up in a very spiritual household... Bible every day, like on the seventh day, which is Saturday, the Sabbath, like we couldn't eat, no TV. We was fasting every Saturday my whole life mm. growing up, bruh. Like no TV, none of that. We did Yon Kapoor fasting. We did I grew up a vegan at home, you know what I'm saying? Like it was a whole different way of being raised for me. But that was at home. When yeah. I stepped outside them doors, now I'm going to school with a bunch of niggas. And so <laughs> you go to school with a bunch of niggas, now you're getting some street education, you know what I'm saying? But I'm able to combine the two. But being a conscious thinker, you know what I'm saying, for me, is really about being, you know, a woke. But a mm-hmm. lot of people use woke. A lot now, you know what, what I'm saying, ki- what, and it gets it has, it, ho-
0: it has them hotel uh, nah, connotations and I can't rock you know? with that.
1: I mean, some of that is just really about taking responsibility for yourself. Yeah. You know what I'm saying, and then we try to take, make, take, uh, hold other people accountable for themselves without holding ourselves accountable. But you know what I'm saying, being a conscious thinker is really about just being fully aware of what's going on not only within your circle but then the world itself. You feel what I'm saying? That whether you're a part of it or you're not, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I got you. I got you. I got you. So, man, like let's let's kind of start talking about some of your projects that you got going because mm-hmm. I've been kind of beating around the bush with that, but I definitely want to make sure that we we get into that, man. So, the first thing, mm-hmm. I mean, you said your biggest thing where you want to go toward is the film mm-hmm. production and different things of like that, but mm-hmm. let's start with the things that got you in the door and that's those music videos. I saw right. some stuff you got with Florida, two chains we talked about, mm-hmm. uh Rich Homie. Even mm-hmm. though that little chick I said the little chick in the rich homie <laughs> video. I like the idea that she was like she was trying to start her little uh her yeah. little hair shop. Yeah. she was trying to strip <laughs> at the same time. But she but she needed some she needed some more hams going on hey, in the back and she gonna be in that hey, strip club. Listen, hey
1: listen, that was uh she was like one of them last minute casts and spills, like, <laughs> Hey listen, Sometimes these models act Hollywood and you ain't Hollywood. Like yeah, why I mean, you, you know what I'm saying? But you
0: had a run you had a running in the national mall or something and I was like, yeah, nah, I don't yeah I'm not paying yeah. too
1: much for her to dance either. Hey, oh. but listen, listen. Somehow, some way she getting it in real life, but hey. now you ain't talking about her business. But anyway, <laughs> I mean I'm
0: gonna hey, Yeah, but, I mean But no, yeah, YG, Tiger, Juicy J, you said yo, you got some stuff coming on. Tell me yo. stuff about um some of your projects with uh um, Man, these videos. are
1: just dope, dope, dope opportunities to get these projects brought and have my name associated with some hits, like we just said. You know what I'm saying? Up until Flow Rider, I mean, my biggest jump was Two Chains. He was popping. You know what I'm saying? Out the gate, that was his number one single. That's I feel like really, they got really levels.
0: Jump. Like Two Chains, I'm riding around. I'm getting it once again. Huge mm-hmm. video. Yes. Um, um, Tiger Lap Dance was my
1: second joint right behind it. But like I feel was,
0: My point I'm making is Flo Rida feels like that's even on a whole different level. That, that's it, like on whole level. I'm going to break I mean? down
1: how, how big of a difference of a level it was. Three weeks ago, he come into D.C., you know what I'm saying? He got a show here. So, he not here to shoot. He got a show for this event called Fight Night. I've okay. been to D.C. my whole life, never fucking heard of Fight Night. <laughs> it's a charitable exactly. <laughs> event of rich, rich motherfuckers, bro. Okay. So, of course, I've been rocking with Flo for the last five years, so we go to the show, you know what I'm saying? But the event, Black Tie Suit event, it was 80 billionaires in the room and 300 millionaires. Hmm. And people I don't fucking know who is who- And me. (laughs) And me. But that's one, it's a testimony of how much hard work has taken me from ground zero to a room full of billionaires and millionaires. But then two, it's just like, also, I don't know these faces, so damn, I really need to still level up and and pick my game up even further. I think the only face that was recognizable in there was the owner of the Wizards. You know what I'm saying? But otherwise- that's a whole nother level of what Flow does. Flow doesn't tap into the black audience; at he all. taps into the white audience.
0: So when he's doing shows, I would just say, i would say—the multicultural audience. You know? I mean,
1: you could, yeah, it's multicultural, but at the end of the day, every show I've went to has not been multicultural, but It's, it's mostly, been niggas with them checks, and I'm talking about real checks. And so, um, it's definitely a whole nother tax bracket, and it opens my eyes up to a whole nother, you know, what I'm saying, level of of wealth. I I think that's awesome that
0: you... That you have an opportunity to, to develop those relationships with people who can right. put you in those positions. Right, right, and, right. And that's just coming off of being able to do, uh, like, I mean, like you said, by being able to write some things for mm-hmm. for the videos. Uh, would you, mm-hmm. are you um, getting the credit as the executive producer of any of these videos? Or are you the writer or is it like just kind of a mix of some of a little bit of both? Well,
1: I, I get I get my credits of both producer and um, writer. Okay. And so basically nine times out of 10, the executive producer most for the most part is always the person who puts up the money. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? That's the executive producer. But nevertheless, sometimes there are a few executive producers here and there who don't put up money, but they still get the credit. But at the end of the day, I'm getting my producer credit and my writing credit. So uh, my, my resume so is I'm, nice when it comes to that. It's definitely nice. And look, what's
0: your website? Say it right quick. Loyalbrotherscode.com. Okay. So if y'all check out, go to LoyalBrothersCo.com. You can look at all like a bunch of different um, videos. They have some behind the scenes stuff. And you can see some of the different work that um, that's been done. By the loyal mm-hmm. bros, man, it's that it's crazy. Like I. I was taken aback when I looked at it. I was like, "Wow!" I didn't even know Dominic was doing all of this. Like, I knew you were doing it on a level. I didn't mm-hmm. know you were doing it on that level. So that was pretty mm-hmm. cool. I mean, I'm not. I'm still pissed that you didn't shoot any exposure videos when I was rapping, <laughs> and none of the best friend weekend um faced, <laughs> the, you know what I'm saying, dance video. We're going to get you on something. Um, hey, at least listen. If the bag right here, do. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen. You know what I'm saying. We
1: can make something happen on the love. You know what I'm saying. Nah, <laughs> bro. You know it's all about two just being humble, man. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm a. Like I said. One, I don't like to be even be in front of the camera. So when I'm behind the camera, I'm a humble dude. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I'm here to do my job, and to, you know what I'm saying. Make sure you good and get home. You know what I mean? No, like. It makes sense. It, if we be able to build, you see, you know, you like my work ethic or whatever, then let's rock out. And if not, then great too. You know what I'm saying? But I've been able to do what? About four or five videos for, for flow in the last four years. And then my house was my biggest joint because that joint ended up being the, the official. Hold up. You for, did,
0: you did my house?
1: Yes. I was, yes. Yes. Wrote, produced on set Miami. Like, okay. yo. Okay. That's my biggest joint. Okay. Day. I didn't, I, you, I, I was clicking through. I don't know if I... Did. I might not have seen that one. I might have passed it over. Okay, Man, go look, bro. But that's the joint. That was yeah. actually my first video I did for Flo. Okay. That was my
0: very first joint, yeah? Huh? And so... It's, o- it's okay to ask me to just kind of come to the city that weekend. I don't, you know, <laughs> I, I'll just... I'll get my own room. I just want to be around. <laughs> hey, listen, bro. Like,
1: that was my first joint. And ever since, you know, we built the, the relationship. And really, okay. that relationship comes through Alex. Yeah. Um, Alex which, is... Which Alex? Alex Acosta. Okay. So, um... Alex Nazari has moved on to other things, commercials and shit. So, you know, but we still tight. But, you know, Alex Acosta is my number one man right now. But he's floor official videographer. He travels all over the globe. Because he got nice nice hair. Yo, hey, light-skinned niggas winning. Uh, light-skinned goodness, niggas and do be winning, huh? Shout out to my man Jasper, though. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? <laughs> Yo,
0: holly at your mans. Like, <laughs> Yo, here you go. Here you go, man. Nah, No, no, no. Jasper cool. Jasper cool,
1: man. <laughs> but um, yeah, bro, like, that's definitely a whole nother level of things. You know what I'm saying? So you with know. that being
0: said, now I'm crossing over into you and let's know, get to my it. new series. Let's you know talk a think? little bit about your, um, your, your series. Um. Mm-hmm. so it's called Raw Dog King. I got an interesting yes. story about that real quick. <laughs> Just real funny. <laughs> because I said, is it sound like, is it what it sounds like? Because, okay, so I got a story. I'm going to keep it real concise. When we were in college, we went mm-hmm. to a party once, and it was a bunch of guys. And then we went to a strip club, and then we told we got some strippers to come back to an apartment. I mean, not mm-hmm. apartment, a hotel room, and they were stripping for us doing a private strip party, whatever, whatever. Uh-huh. And uh, one of the guys, he ended up, you know, some stuff. We was young. He went in the room with one of the strippers, yeah. and then yeah. all of a sudden she walks out like, uh, uh-uh, uh no. And he was <laughs> like, he was like, we was like, whoa, what happened? She was like, he didn't took the condom off. He was like, <laughs> no. he was like, I'm the wrong dog king. <laughs> Hey, listen. So, so when I heard the name of your stuff was the Raw Dog King, I was like, "What is he doing right now?" Like, hey, listen, listen.
1: <laughs> Raw Dog King is a double entendre, and okay, if, if, and the first one is what you just said. That's what it started out from, but you know, it, it actually comes from a twofold spill, man. When I came back home from Xavier, and I was working at I mean, I was going to Howard. I worked at the CVS right across the street from Howard. Where it's like down <laughs> street from Howard. but it's enough the CVS so all the chicks that live on campus go to this. Was CVS. all filling their scripts over there. Yo, yo, hey, listen, <laughs> <You> go, <laughs> Hey, I ain't, I ain't saying no names, but youngest came in and got it. But no, uh, all the chicks we come through the CVS. Yeah. So that was like bag central, bro. Yeah. You yeah, running yeah. up? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like. Dude it was a dude that worked in there. He got everything. Yeah, it what he got everything, and that's where I first got the concept of Raw Dog King. Like, damn, he bags everything. Yeah, I grew up. I actually grew up with him. He was like four years older than me, bro. And so, um, I would come over his house, man. It'd be like three condoms in the trash. He done smashed three different chicks in one day, separate times. I'm like, damn, you. But the that's raw not. Dog but King.
0: He, he didn't raw dog though. I mean, nah, he didn't have to be a trash can, He didn't run, dog.
1: Yeah, hey, listen. I hope I'm glad he didn't. Because the well, bug I, is real in, in DC, I, huh? Ex- hey, listen. <laughs> hey, listen. I want to see my man survive to see the mob. But um yeah. at the end of the day. Well, we're
0: genetically modifying babies right now anyway. So they're gonna be resistant. Don't worry about hey, it.
1: Hey, listen, at the end of the day, I tried to um I came up with the concept because it was about, it's about a dude on a mission to sleep with a thousand women before he gets married. Okay. And the rawness of it is that he's telling them the truth when he meets him. Look, you know. We gonna be talking for about two or three weeks max in that time period. You know, we gonna travel. We gonna go shopping. We gonna eat. We gonna dine. But after two, or three weeks, that's it. We not talking no more. That's the rawness of it. It's about telling the truth up front. Cause a lot of niggas, a lot of women, when they meet them, they make up stories and they try finesse and floss yeah. and and they they tell lies. you know. tell the fucking truth, bro. A lot of women love the truth more than a lie. And if you tell the truth nine times out of ten, you probably gonna win at the end. So that's where the rawness comes from. I got and, you. And then um and his the name dog is, King. is his name is King. His name is King. And the dog comes cause some people, some women are not gonna like the idea of this nigga doing this. He's a dog. Yeah. But and then his name is King in the show. But one of the other reasons why I came up with this show is because in our society, bruh, it's this thing with we supposed to get married. That's the only way you could be successful and happy in life. You got to be committed to just one woman. And you got to be, you know what I'm saying, faithful. But at the end of the day, if a man doesn't want to get married, he don't have to get married. And he he don't have to be a dog because he didn't get married. He's hes not obligated to be committed to one woman. Yeah, he's not As long as he's not lying. Just don't lie about that shit. And that's what the
0: whole concept for me is about when it comes down to right. I, I love monogamy, so I'm not that guy. But... So the thing is, the um, it's a couple of a couple of little feedback that I want to give you because you did let me watch the pilot mm-hmm. of um, like it's not out, you can't find it nowhere online. I got right, it, right, right. you know what I'm saying? Right, I got right, the plug. Right. I know the producer, <laughs> so you can't see it, but I seen it. Um, right. first thing, if you let mm-hmm. anybody else um look at the pilot, also write NSFW because I opened it up at the job and it's, uh, the scene <laughs> start off with a little chick bent Yo. over the, the stairs getting that lay by and um. <laughs> Yo, my I'ma bad. Need you to I, I should have told thing. you, bro. My bad, bro. Let me give you some <laughs> other holes that I saw in your, in your pilot. So you go, <laughs> since it's still a pilot, I'm going to give you all the holes I saw that you yeah. need to go back go, and fix. All right? Go in, go first go in, thing, you call it Raw Dog King. He don't be mm-hmm. raw dogged, but you just addressed that. So I'm cool hey, with Hey, listen. With you. Right, oh, no, wait. no. Okay, next. I love the music selection. You had some common mm-hmm. songs. You had some Miguel. I like how it was going. It was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, So, some. He's trying to find the true meaning of relationships by smashing a bunch of women. So my well, thing is, it's kind of like, he keeps saying stuff like, I am I'm must I'm hit these thousand women and it's going to really let me know like the true meaning of relationships, but I don't want to be with a woman, but I'm trying to find the true meaning of being with a woman. So I, I, mm-hmm. he he sounds confused a little bit.
1: Well, let me run it back though. See, this is where, the, you know it's a raw dog book, right? No, I didn't. It's an actual memoir that's coming out, you know what I'm saying? And that's written as well. <laughs> So basically, in the memoir, he was in a relationship for for seven years. Okay. And... He, they broke up suddenly. You know what I'm saying? I don't really give a reason because a reason isn't needed. The mm-hmm. the whole purpose of it is that he feels like he wasted seven prime years of his life in a committed relationship when he could have been out here living life and exploring the world. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And so sometimes it can be like that when you've been in a long ass relationship, seven, 10, 15, 20 years, and you'd be like, damn, you got to get up, get back out here, start all over again, start the search all over again. Well, damn, if you
0: was never committed in the Absolutely. first place. You could have just been just living. You I feel mean, me? It feels like a it, it, like the, the the apropos song is Lil Wayne. I wish I could fuck every girl in the world. It feels like he yeah. he he had a lot of that vibe going on. So some other things. Now this is yeah. since I'm mathematical, I'm semantic <laughs> about this. The, the pilot starts off with he had hit 82 women, and uh-huh. I, was, I was like, is it because of 82? Is that a significant thing? But that was the, the the next thing I thought was you. He he says that that's 82 out of a thousand, but he said mm-hmm. I hit 82 women this year. And he was mm-hmm. like, "This is eighty-two on my way to a Right. So my question is, was he a virgin before the eighty-two? Obviously not. So it would be he's trying to hit 1, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, so a thousand new women.
1: Okay, so that's, thousand that's,
0: new women. Yeah, that's a thousand.
1: That, new, and so basically, when you when a you lot. get to read the memoir, but you get them, yeah, it's going to be a lot. But you think, of how the hell did Will Chamberlain smash ten thousand? Is that he amazing? was in that league?
0: But exactly, he was in the league. So it's still it's a possible. Yeah, it's yeah. Possible. No, I'm not. Oh, I'm not disputing the fact. That somebody could get a thousand. My mm-hmm. issue just becomes that regular people. I feel like that becomes a, a tall, a monumental task. But you do have a, a big. He kind of looked like um, Chiron from um, <laughs> yeah. from um, from Moonlight. Man, don't he, he got? He hey, kind of got. He kind of got, got that, that feel go. to that that look yeah, to him. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, women. He looked like a type of dude women alike. like. So I was just looking at the math there. Another thing. Um, the the coffee pot he was using. Step your game up. Get a Keurig. Um, uh, the next go, thing, I, hey, these are helpful suggestions right here. I Um, um the, When he was hooping with his homeboys, his homeboys mm-hmm. was hooping with some silver foam posits on. What type of nigga hoop with some phones on? Like, the things this, cost $220, things, like, man. Listen. That's what y'all do in on D.C.? Phones, y'all all rape for
1: before, before. Yo, we was on phones before the rest of the country, Slim. No, like, nigga, you were stealing yo, calling
0: cards. We just hey, talked listen, about this, listen, brother.
1: I would, but that's me, <laughs> y'all. That's me. But I'm not going I'm not to shit on my city, though. You know what I mean? And I, matter of fact, I had my flights when I came to D.C. I nah, mean, nah, when I'm, I came to Xavier. I had my I black you. flights. I you know what I mean? got it. But you know, niggas still gotta get is. You know what I mean? But, and, one,
0: um, and there was one more thing the, on ahead. the clock in the apartment when they were talking. They told him that they woke up real early, but the clock in the background said two thirty p.m.
1: Say, so, nigga, why you looking at the clock?
0: You supposed to be looking at the characters. <laughs> <laughs> like you looking at the wrong things, like right because that's right? what I do. I'm being, I'm nitpicking. Yeah, yo, yeah. Yo. So I'm, what yo. I'm doing right now, Dominic, is I'm auditioning for a job. Oh, As like a go. quality control person to be able yeah, to look you about at to get little things. Before you get high, <laughs> <laughs> yo, I love it. But you know what I noticed when they came what? back from hooping, the clock was accurate, and I was like, oh, "That, that feels like the right time of the day for them to be finished hooping." Like, like go, little things I pick up on when I watch this stuff. But like I said, I, I was giving you the, the little, the little, the little side talk. But visually, visually, it was great, my g like visually, visually it's bro. great. Like I like the way things look. I like kind of the camera shots. Some of the camera shots are extreme. It does have a music video feel to some parts of it. But that's my point. That yeah. that was actually
1: a, that was actually done on purpose and I yeah. wanted to achieve uh bring over our video ex- video uh production experience into the film world cuz I feel like people don't do that. So I feel like it will make our show stand out especially in those sex scenes that you saw. You know what I'm saying? That was a a major 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 uh component of my production side of things for this show. And um, because I like I said, I feel like people don't really do that. And so it would make the show stand out a lot more, especially for the world star uh audience.
0: You know what I'm saying? Niggas that's loose to just watching videos. But so I mean and you know what's funny? You know who I think of automatically when I think of that is Hype Williams. Like what he did uh-huh. with Delhi. How he made yeah. that transition from making those music videos to now I'm gonna shoot these, um shoot a movie. And it had in uh-huh. Belly, everyone talks about it. We actually did a Blackbuster video podcast on Belly, mm-hmm. and we mm-hmm. talked about how we talked about what our favorite scene from that movie was, and it was obviously the beginning scene when they came in and they shot it up because it had that cinema yep. that cinematographic feel, the the white mm-hmm. the the, the context that they had on all of that. It was just dope. And I feel mm-hmm. like so the the scenes that kind of stand out in the um Raw Dog thing are those sex scenes because it has that Those that cinematography, like, you know, it's you you, you pull some different things and it's like, oh shit, like it visually is even more stunning than the regular stuff. But like I said, I think you're going somewhere with that. And it's really cool. I want to see how that progresses. Um, Do you have any kind of thoughts for when the memoirs and the series may be hitting the web?
1: Well, the the memoir is going to probably hit the web definitely before um before everything the show itself because we're in talks with a couple of distributors right now the Netflixes the BETs the titles, okay. and um. The main reason why I'm pursuing title more than all of them, because I want to try to get a music distribution situation with the show simultaneously. Um, music plays a big, big part in all of my writing. I create a, a playlist for every script I write. Yeah. Because it has, I want to be in that mind frame of whatever I'm writing when I'm writing it. If it's an R&B, love joint, then that's what I'm writing to. You know what I'm saying? If it's a gangster shit, then that's what I'm writing to. Um So, like, right now I'm writing this comedy called Stop Snitching, and it's about two niggas who make a living um, collecting reward money snitching on niggas in the hood. And so- (laughs) I like that concept. Yo. So, it's like, I I flipped the whole idea, like, niggas ain't supposed to snitch, and they like, yo, we gonna get this fucking money. Like, you know what I'm saying? So- um, that's what I'm writing it to so like I got a lot of Pusha T on that playlist you know what yeah. I'm saying sorry nigga I'm trying to come home but you know what I'm saying yeah. I like you know what I'm saying like music plays a heavy 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 part and, you, and I sent you a couple of songs about this artist I'm working with and that's what I was about, you know about to get saying?
0: I was about to talk a little bit about G. Ty Wayne and I'm assuming that's mm-hmm. something to do with Joy Style because his name is like Ad Hoyer or something right my man yep that is him oh um, yep, so I was yep, looking yep. at I looked at it he got a uh, mixtape coming out worthwhile right I listened to Rape yeah, Talk Swinging yeah. the Exit as a as a former rapper, I'm like, man, I, I like, I like how he's coming. I like his, I yeah, like his, yeah, I yeah. like his flow. It, it goes. Yeah. He got something with
1: him. Yeah, yeah, he, he a different little dude, and not, not little dude, but you know what I'm saying. But he's like a little brother to me. You know what I mean? Um, actually, the very first video I ever directed was for one of his videos back in 2011. I put the little director's hat on. Was like, let me try it. <laughs> it came out pretty great. I am actually send you that joint. Okay, but um. So last year we did, uh my Alex and myself, we did what was called Media Spa Day, where niggas who normally can't afford us, we let them come in and get a real quick two, three take video shot for $1,200. And we shot 25 videos in one day. For how much? And- uh, $1,200. $1,200? Twelve hundred dollars. Twelve hundred. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We shot twelve twenty five videos in one day, and like all of us chose one artist we wanted to shoot for free. That's pretty. And dope. I ch- and I chose Wayne. Okay. And so um that you saw the exit video, that was the video that we shot. He sent me about six seven songs, and I was like, Yo, I want to do this one. And so we shot it. Then after that, you know, he hit me up like two, three weeks later. He was like, yo, I I see the movement Lloyd Brothers is making on the film side of things. Would you be interested in managing me? And so... um, Smart man. Smart man. (laughs) But, you know, when you see work ethic, you know what I'm saying? You want to be a part of that work ethic. And so I was like, yeah, well, I'm I'm definitely down and I'm with it, you know, but right now all my money is really tied up in this Raw Dog thing because I'm fully invested And um, I said, but we could make something work, you know, let me just, let's let's talk about it. So we had a couple meetings, we sat down, came up with a strategy, and we was like, well, um, since Louis Bro Films has already made a name for itself, let's just create a sister company, Louis Bro's Music Group. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? And they could run hand in hand. So we've been in the studio since January, man, knocking out tracks. And so now we just finished an uh, eight-track album. You know what I'm saying? We two videos in. We get ready to shoot two more. One out in L.A., one in New York. Um, dates is set. So right now we're just finishing up
0: the whole release date plan and I'm um, about to roll it out. But I, I honestly think, um, and I, I had a, a young artist out here in Houston that I was talking about recently and talking to recently, and he um, the, the concept that we're such a visual medium right now, um, I, I'm going to have to do more things with the podcast that are more visual But Mm -hmm. with rappers... I would say, make a video for all eight songs. I mean, he's well, got he's uh, got the you, infrastructure. It should be like Lemonade. You know what I mean? See, everything right. he should do should have a visual component.
1: Well, you already know that's the plan. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Especially since that's where Loey Bro's is at. So why not just slide him in yeah. and make it happen? I mean, it's a, it's a full, complete, in-house situation. And so going back to what we were talking about earlier from artists not having the right team around them and not getting paid, you know, we have a joint venture 50-50 partnership deal. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Like, it's not, I'm not here to rape nobody. You ain't One got a 360 odor? Nah, nah. <laughs> One thing about lawyer bros is I'm about, you know what I'm saying, doing right about by others. Yep. You know what I'm saying? I want I want to do right by people at the same way I want it to be done right by myself. You know what I'm saying? And so um, I'm not here to rape nobody. You know what I'm saying? Because I wouldn't want that karma that to fall back on me. And it's the older you get. You know what I'm saying? The smarter you get and the more things you go through, you know what I'm saying? You get up, you become wiser. And so I know as a man, I wouldn't want nobody to get over on me in this film industry. So why would I try to get over on my man Wayne in the music industry? You feel me? So. Once again, um, I say he is a smart man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we done, we done, creating, built a, a a good relationship, man. That took some time to grow. You know what I'm saying? Because he's he used to work in a certain kind of way. I'm used to working in a certain kind of way. I'm a let. I pay attention to detail. Part of just being in the film industry, being in the construction industry. You know what I'm saying? I pay attention to detail. I like to work on a schedule. I don't like to be just making um sporadic decisions. You know what I mean? So. Um, we had to learn to work together and coexist, but it's been growing organically and, and we
0: doing our thing. Okay. So that's a, that's a good deal, man. And like I said, we, when I initially said, let's do an interview, what I said, I need about half an hour, 40 minutes of your time. We already yeah, pushing man. up on an hour because Bro. I mean, I think, but I think it's interesting to talk that people are, um, that they, your story is a little bit more interesting than I even thought it would be. So I'm happy we had an mm-hmm. opportunity to sit here. There's one other thing that I definitely want to touch on before we get out of here. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know i I the aforementioned when I did the um the black coffee interview, we talked about the backpack click and how we were all partners um in school in that way um and you were mm-hmm. you were a part of that group, and you mm-hmm. you had floated the idea of doing a backpack cartoon in the past mm-hmm. did mm-hmm. that ever get done, or what was what, like what's the status on that man shoot, it's still in the vault bro fully written
1: treatment for the whole concept, man, I've written. Characters for every single one of you guys,
0: you know what I mean? And like, it's funny because it's like your interpretation of who we were in college. Yeah, and I think yeah, that that's, really that's going to be a funny thing to revisit for even just for us. Like Bro, to say hey, like, <laughs> like it's a it's a verb, man, from the
1: niggas that came from a little bit of money, yeah. from the niggas who had a little bit more than everybody else, to the niggas who thought they was a shit to the athletic nigga in Q, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like I touch on all of those things cause I felt like, you know what I'm saying, in a way I I felt like everybody had a little bit of a leg up than I did coming into Xavier, you know what I'm saying? And that's I mean, that's not to knock nobody or nothing, but I mean it was a good thing. I learned Something from everybody. But that was the best part about college for me. Wasn't wasn't even about the education. It was about social networking. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Um developing social net social skills. That's the biggest thing I, I walked away with from college. And the crazy part is I enjoyed going to Xavier more than I enjoyed going to Howard. Probably and I, I mainly chalked this up too because I didn't hang out on campus at Howard. I went to class and I left. Because I had full time jobs going to Howard, you know what I'm saying? Once I left CVS, I was working at the airport, you know what I'm saying, doing the security and shit. Yeah, I do like, remember I, that. I was working at Ronald Reagan DC National Airport on 9 11. Like when the plane crashed right next door at the Pentagon, I was at the airport that morning, you know what I'm saying, working. Like, it's so many stories I got, but nevertheless, I didn't. And then of course you you back home you rocking with your niggas from home you ain't yeah. rocking with nobody at school yeah so Xavier is is for me was my best year of college because I got to meet people from all over the globe you know U S or what have you you know what I'm saying and, and some people I rock with still to this day you know what I mean
0: well yeah like I said man I'm um I, like we we talked about a couple of things and you said you had an opportunity to listen to that podcast um I think it's I think it's cool that um we don't rock all the time. But we can pick it up and rock like we do whenever. You know what I mean? And I think that right. there's that, something to be said for being able to be like, hey, man, when if I need a holler at uh, my boy Dominic and we want to get some stuff moving, I think that 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 door is always going to be open. And hopefully you know that that two-way street is always going to be open. Right. So, uh, man, like I said, man, look, we we had an hour with people like, man, I, look, shit, I've been sitting in my car outside of work. Trying to trying to finish this up, you know what I mean, or whatever it is. Trying to finish this podcast, so we're gonna let them get out of here. Before we go, let people know how to contact you, where to find you, where that one person can follow you, so you can have a thousand followers. Let us know some stuff, man. Hey, listen. Hey, listen. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, loyal bros
1: films. That's L O Y A L B R O S F I L O M S. Um, website loyalbroscow dot com that's loyal brothers company but it's l o y a l b r o s c o dot com um, then the email is president at loyalbroscow dot com everything legit so send me an email follow me send me some messages got any questions want to further some dialogue feel free to hit me anytime
0: and if you a rapper out there or you got your foot I got I got to do it out here Uncle Herb I might have to put you with Uncle Herb because he um he do a couple of, he got a little series he working on out here, too. But, yeah, like I said, man, it's been a pleasure having you, man. And, we'll like, this won't be the last time, man. We'll get you back on appreciate again. Appreciate you having me, bro. I appreciate it. All right, man, for sure, nice for sure. All me. right, bro.
1: I ain't got nothing to say. I ain't got ain't nothing, nothing like to say got nothing I ain't got nothing I ain't got nothing like to say I ain't got nothing night to
0: say so I won't say nothing at all <laughs> <laughs>